Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Hello, I'm Ross Birkinshaw and thanks for downloading today's podcast on Wednesday the 25th of October. A dad of three from Faversham says he was left shaken and in tears after being pulled over by armed police following what he claims was a malicious 999 call. Daniel Pearce says officers with guns dragged him from his car and handcuffed him after he was stopped on the A28 near Ashford. Police say they were investigating reports a man had been threatened with a baton in Canterbury half an hour before. But after taking Mr Pierce's details and searching the car, the 42-year-old from Faversham was told he was free to go. An armed police car pulled up in front of the windscreen van uh, on the wrong side of the road, stopping traffic going in both directions. And they all jumped out and my door was forcefully ripped open and um, instantly I was handcuffed. Uh, handcuffs were done far too tight. It took them several minutes to correct the handcuffs because they'd got it to the point where they couldn't undo it. Um, by this point, I was like shaking. Um, my legs were shaking, my arms were shaking. Then I, they proceeded to remove me from the vehicle and take me down a dead-end side road. And another police officer drove my vehicle away for a search whilst it was unattended. I, I then was taken behind an armed police vehicle in this dead end road with two armed police officers. I was asking um, why I was being detained and they kept telling me that they'd explain at the end. Um, after a short while they said to me, they did mention to me that there was a green baton involved and I questioned does that warrant armed police with guns and they said no comment, we'll talk to you at the end. Um, after about 20 to 30 minutes I was approached by another armed police officer and he undone my handcuffs and he said you're free to go. I asked him what had happened because uh, at this point I was extremely frightened and I was just wanting answers for why I'd been treated this way and they told me that I can find all the information out by ringing 111 uh, which I've been trying to do for 48 hours but I can't get an answer from anyone. Um, but yeah, the experience was something that I wouldn't wish upon anyone on the planet. It's actually shaken me to the core. I've only slept for two days. Um, I'm very emotional. My wife's very emotional about it all because it could have gone a completely different way. He's now made a formal complaint to Kent Police. A man in his 30s remains in a serious condition in hospital after being hit by a car near Dartford. He's being treated in London after being knocked down on Crossways Boulevard in Greenhithe on Friday night. A 36-year-old man from Bexley Heath was arrested on suspicion of causing serious injury by dangerous driving. He's out on bail while investigations continue. A Ramsgate man's avoided jail after admitting he punched and strangled his own mother. 35-year-old David Henry from Clements Road attacked her during a row about his ex-partner back in March. At Canterbury Crown Court, he was given a suspended prison sentence and ordered to do 100 hours unpaid work, as well as a six-month alcohol treatment programme. Kent Online News. A man and woman accused of murdering a toddler near Faversham have denied ever hurting him. 18-month-old Alfie Phillips had more than 70 injuries when he was found dead at a caravan in Hernhill in 2020. His mum's denied being responsible. She's on trial along with her boyfriend at the time. 
Police are hunting two people who robbed a man at a cash machine in Canterbury. They pushed him over and stole his bank card at the ATM outside Sainsbury's on Kingsmead Road. A Dover man has been seriously injured in a motorbike crash while on holiday in Greece. 37-year-old dad of four, Caimathias, collided with a bus in Athens last Friday and is still unconscious. It's unclear if he has insurance, so the family have set up a fundraising page to help bring him home. His brother Dan's flown out there to be with him. He's stable, but he's in a critical condition. He has uh, a number of injuries. Uh, he has... Um, a broken leg, a few kind of broken ribs. Uh, he has uh, the most concerning injury the doctors are telling us is a head injury that he has. So as it stands, that that's kind of the, the most concerning part about the whole ordeal. He's still currently under medical sedation. So they're going to assess him over the next seven days and hopefully see uh, if he has any improvements. They're going to try and um, bring him around. So that that's currently the most up-to-date news I've had from the hospital. And how much do you actually know about the incident? It was, of course, a motorcycle accident, but how much detail do you know? The police report said that he was travelling along a back street and collided with a trolley bus, which is in kind of simple terms, it's, I think it's like one of the the buses that are like the double the length. They have like the pivot section on the back, but a fairly large vehicle anyway. It was um, quite quite unfortunate that that's what he collided with because, um, yeah, possibly the worst thing you could have chose. And something you're quite unsure of is whether he has insurance or not or what kind of cover or protection he can have. How concerning is that? What are the next stages for you um, as his family? As it stands, we haven't been able to completely rule out if he has insurance or not. We're not able to access his phone, so confirming his insurance status has been quite difficult. The package holiday that he booked def definitely did not include insurance, so unless he's taken out a third-party policy, as it stands, we're fairly sure that he doesn't have any. Um, so that, that's that been quite a concern, to be honest. It's been a number one issue that, regard, apart from the obvious kind of injuries where the financial implications are looking quite dire. And of course, it's really hard to say what's next, the time span you're looking at here. But what is the sort of next stages that you're looking into with sort of the hospital and your family and getting Kai back home? Um, as it stands, I'm the only family member in Athens at the moment. My dad flew back home yesterday and him and my parents, uh, him and my, my mother, sorry, are uh, flying back out on Thursday and they, they don't have a return flight back. So I think they're going to try and stay here for, until they can bring him back. But as it stands, the hospital hasn't given me um, an exact answer on when that will be. Um, hopefully, I mean, sooner the better, but they haven't confirmed that when that date will be or if it's even going to be a possibility at the moment. And Dan, how are you covering the costs of, of course, all the flights, but also the, the implications of the medical treatment Kai might need as well? Are you um, raising funds and, and looking to, to support yourselves that way? Um, everything that I'm spending is completely out of my own pocket currently. Um, 
I'm just I have a car that I've hired. I have a hotel which I've um, been paying for. The just every, any cost that I'm incurring is completely my own. Um, but I have a GoFundMe page that I've set up that I um, wish to use to it, try and cover the medical bills and potentially the medical flight home. Uh, we still haven't got an exact figure on how much that might be, but I'm imagining uh, it's going to be a significant cost. Kent Online reports. Police targeting shoplifters in and around Canterbury have arrested nine people in just one week. Plainclothed and uniformed officers carried out the operation on the High Street and Sturry Road, as well as in Whitstable and Hearn Bay. The suspects will appear in court in the coming weeks. Medway bosses are writing to the Chancellor asking for more financial help following reports the authorities going bankrupt. They need to plug a £17 million gap in their budget or they'll be forced to cut jobs and services. Council leader Vince Maple will write to Jeremy Hunt on the financial pressures they're facing. One person's been arrested after reports of a series of indecent exposure offences in Gillingham. On at least four occasions, female witnesses say they saw a man expose himself near a golf club close to Sovereign Boulevard and Woodlands Road earlier this month. A 24-year-old man's been arrested and released on bail while investigations continue. Kent Online News. An investigation's found proper welfare checks were not carried out on a woman who died in her cell at Tunbridge Police Station. 42-year-old Debbie Padley was arrested in July 2021 and died from a liver infection that led to sepsis. Kent Police have promised to make changes. The decision not to have Eurostar services stopping Kent's being debated in Parliament. A petition's been signed by more than 34,000 people asking for the trains to stop at Ebbsfleet and Ashford International stations again. Now, the routes were stopped during the pandemic and they're not expected to return again until at least 2025. Ashford MP Damien Green's been speaking with our colleague Rob Bailey from KMTV. I mean, it is a blow. It's, it's not news in that they've been saying that uh, ever since we came out of the pandemic. And everyone who was at that, that meeting uh, and who's been involved, as I have for you know, many years, with, uh, in the last few years, trying to get Eurostar services back, reflected that the tone was very slightly more positive uh, than we'd heard from them before. Um, I think straight after the pandemic, uh, there's no doubt that Eurostar were thinking, let's just announce Kent services are never coming back. Uh, and there was a series of meetings with me and Kent County Council and Asherborough Council, and we persuaded them not to do that and to leave the option on the table, which is where we still are, with slightly warmer noises than we'd had before. So we will be continuing the campaign. There's, there's a, a petition out, which I'm glad to see has been supported by more than 30,000 people, and we're trying to get those numbers up, uh, because they're all potential passengers. So in the end, if we can convince Eurostar that it will be commercially viable, to start running services from Ashford again, then the world would be a happier place. They say these things, they couch them in certain terms and not before 2025, which of course could mean anything. Do you think 2025 then might be a realistic date for when we might see services return? Yes, I do. And, and I think um, I'd obviously like them back sooner than that because you know, it'd be good to get them back sometime next year. Uh, but the, uh, the truth is next year, the Olympics are in Paris and one of the points Eurostar make is that they are still not sure how getting people on board is going to operate under the new 
post-Brexit system that we'll have to go through of the European entry and exit system, which they're introducing uh, yeah, around the EU. So I would imagine by next autumn it will be introduced, give it a few weeks to settle down, and, and at that point we're, we're in a, what will hopefully be a new normal where they'll know how to operate international train services with this new system. It's that, that Olympic date is the one I had in mind when I was thinking of 2025, because there'll be a lot of people here in Kent who would have been thinking, what a great opportunity to go and enjoy Olympics, as we did here in London in 2012, of course. And a lot of businesses that would have seen opportunities with a very high speed link down to Paris to, to potentially kind of benefit from the economic kind of benefits of, a, of an Olympic Games. It's going to be hard for Kent businesses to do that without a direct link, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, of course, I'd, I'd love them to announce today that they're bringing them back tomorrow. Um, but I'm, I'm being realistic about it. I think they probably won't, because what they won't want to do uh, is, is start them again and stop them again. Various of us have asked, you know, can you maybe just restore them for the Olympic period or something like that? And for various practical reasons, they, uh, they're not going to do that. So, as I say, I think we're, we're probably looking the other side of the Olympics before we can hope to get services back again. A housing developer's been told to tear down a sales cabinet bets hangar country park after retrospective planning permission was refused. Red Rope put up the office to advertise the 220 new homes being built on a nearby estate. The council says it's spoiling the natural beauty of the area and created a hazard to people visiting the park. Kent Online reports. It's feared it's only a matter of time before someone gets seriously hurt by dangerous motorbike riders using alleyways in Sittingbourne. Police have issued images of three people riding around the Merston area of the town. Officers are urging anyone who recognises them to get in touch. Rescuers have helped a dog found abandoned with five puppies in a bush in Maidstone. Willow the Spaniel had a severely infected mouth and rotting teeth. They're being treated by vets before they can be rehomed. And a dinosaur statue in Maidstone has found itself in the middle of a row over fancy dress. Igit the Iguanodon, who lives on the verge in Ashford Road, was decked out with cobwebs for Halloween. But they've been removed over fears they could pose risk to local wildlife. The local council say they took away the webs after complaints from the public. Kent Online Sports. Gillingham are back to winning ways after beating Swindon Town 1-0 last night. Conor Mahoney scored in the first half, but Shea Alexander later missed a penalty. The victories put them up to seventh in the League Two table. Jules' interim manager, Keith Millen, spoke to reporters after the match. We do make it hard for ourselves, don't we? I mean, the chances we had, obviously the penalty, for all their good play, and they did have some good play, they put a lot of balls in the box... Um, so territorially, certainly second half, we was under pressure. But when you look at the chances or clear chances, it should have been out of sight, really. And um, it would have been a lot more comfortable that last five minutes if we'd scored the second. So, but I'm, I'm just, I'm so pleased with their, if you like, desire to work hard for each other against a very good football side again. Um, we knew what they, what they would do and try to how they were trying to hurt us and generally I thought we, we coped with it okay and then when we did win the ball and we showed a little bit of composure we got a pass away it was almost like we was at them and like there was like chances being created the whole game and that was sort of the game plan really we knew they would have possession um, I knew if we could keep some sort of shape to us on the turnover we would that's why I wanted to try and keep three up if we could, Jaden, Connor and, and Macca, because I felt when we won it, 
going the other way, we would cause them problems, and, and that's what happened. And of course, Connor with uh, with the only goal of, of the game. Just talk us through that from uh, where you were standing. Oh, it was great. Well, it was a good move. I mean, we we spoke before the game about Jaden staying a little bit high and wide because obviously he's got pace. One v one is is a threat, but I wanted Connor to just free himself a little bit again. I thought last couple of games we've not got him in the game enough. So I said to him, just go and get the ball. And then you got lights of him. Um, I thought Johnny coming back to Swindon was was excellent, really good. And all of a sudden, when you had two or three passes, we combined and the move was excellent in the finish. So um, it was uh, it was hard work for the boys. I've got to say it was um, the, the the tough decision was really when when and if we went to a back five because we was under so much pressure and um, we had some tired legs. So. I thought the timing of our subs and if you like the change of shape probably just helped to see the game out. Towards the end of the game, was your heartbeat racing just <laughs> a bit faster? Jake Turner was called upon just a couple of times. Yeah, you know, he was brilliant. I mean, there was one uh, shot from the edge of the box that he pulled off a great save, didn't he? That was the, probably the, the best save of the half. Um, but they put us under pressure. I mean, that, that their wing backs stayed high and wide, put good balls in the box. But we, we defended really well. I mean, most of the crosses that come in, we, we had first contact on, and, that, and that's so important. That's all from us. Thanks ever so much for listening. And don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and, of course, TikTok. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email inbox each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.